and welcome to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. And like Michael Massey and the stewards on Sunday about dropping the ball and letting it roll, so are we. We are ready to roll. Ian, I mean, I'm still jacked up from this weekend. Uh, I still am trying to process everything that's happened. What were some of your initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, definitely that I needed a... I, I could have benefited from a break, I think, just because my heart rate was still going, I think, up until, like, this morning. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, what what a race. Like, I think even preparing for this podcast, it was so daunting because it's like, where do we start? Like, well, there's, there's just so, like, there's too much to go off of. But, yeah, just like the rest of the 2021 season... You know, it's it's been giving us so much to so much to talk about, so much entertainment, so much drama, good racing, sketchy racing, and uh, and all the like. So yeah, overall, I mean, what what more can you ask for? Yeah, yeah, and talk about it, we will on this episode of the podcast. Our sectors that we'll be covering is our post race good, bad, and ugly. Going on to just a quick headlines outside of the race. Uh, I don't think we have enough time to cover. Uh, a lot of headlines and this entire race here, our race recap and finishing off with our race predictions recap. Going straight along to our good, bad, and ugly, Ian, do you want to start? I will. So starting off my good uh, F1 Twitter. It is one of the more entertaining things huh. that has in, in the world right now. Um, I'm trying to take an optimist view on it because it is a dumpster fire, but the entertainment that's coming out of it is second to none. Never have I ever seen these vitriol be worse between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton fans. It, like it's like politics. Like it, it, they're they're cutting deep. Like they're not leaving any you know stone unturned and trying to like insult the other camp. Uh, like you you know again you would think like an election was happening. With how uh, with how mean these people are on F1 Twitter, but you know it does make for some good entertainment. So no real uh, no real complaint there. My bad is going to be is probably a personal one, and I think like from what I saw, social media was pretty split down the middle with it. But like I just don't like these narrow street circuits. Like I think mm-hmm. you know obviously like the 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 race itself was good, but just the circuit I didn't really. Love it. The red flags just felt like an inevitability. Like ever since FP2, Charles went into the wall and it was like, yeah, well, of course he did. Like, uh, you know, this, this is just like so, so quick. These turns are so like tiny, minuscule errors are going to result in, you know, like Mick Schumacher, Charles Leclerc, the other people that crashed into the wall, um, you know, some, some major damage here. So like the starts being so chaotic um, just because of the narrowness of the track we had multiple starts and restarts just because of red flags coming out. So yeah, I don't know. It's just like overall Baku gave us a great race. Um, you know, Monaco was an okay race just in terms of like drama and stuff, but I just don't, I, I prefer, you know, open, open circuits where you can pass where it's, you know, it's not like a, a crazy thing to see a, an overtake happen, but um, that'll be my bad. And then my ugly, the relationship between Max and Lewis, obviously, it's never been great. Um, you know, these two guys are good competitors. They also have a little bit of a, a bite to them, um, and just in terms of like how they talk to each other. But it was just like wide open at, in the like post race press conference where, um, you know, they like Lewis was calling out Max, Max was calling out Lewis, and hypocrisies of how he was dealt with. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's definitely come to a point of, I'm guessing, to a point of no return. Even when Max like left the podium. During the celebration, you know, didn't spray anybody with champagne. He was just like, all right, I'm getting out of here. Um, yeah, I, I just think, like, 
man, that's as much as we like seeing them race together. I don't think we're ever going to see them, uh, you know, ever, ever going to see them be friends for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't know, I, I kind of toss and turn, like you said about like F1 Twitter. I just, it's, there's a point of me where I have to take a step away just because so many people's points are like, I don't know if they're trying to convince the opposition. It's just, like you said, it's just like politics. Like, no matter what you're saying and how you're saying it is going to convince the other side of, like, a valid point or what you think a valid point is. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, thinking about Lewis, just if he were to, to hop off the podium and walk off and not do anything, like, I, I know people would just be outraged about that and, like, how classless it is. So it's just, like, no matter what either of these two guys are going to be doing, there's going to be thousands of people that have to put in their two cents and they think it's, you know, worth more than two cents, which is, uh, you know, sometimes not the case. But nope. um, moving on to my good, bad, and ugly, those were fantastic. Ian, my good is going to be marbles. Not just one, but every single marble because next week is for all of them. Uh, I've kept reminding myself, and I know we say this a lot, that, you know, we will may never see a battle like this for the rest of my life in this sport. We've been fans for, what, maybe four years, and we're getting one of the best finishes in the history of the sport. So uh, I just got to keep telling myself, like reminding myself, how, however like flustered and angry I get about what's going down per race is that like we're not – it is going to be very, very rare to see something like this go down again and um, everything that's been happening throughout the year. So I uh, just could not be more fortunate that uh, we've been you know blessed with this type of season. My bad is going to be ties that are not really ties. So just moving on, obviously, Max and Lewis are technically tied for going into the last race. But I think a lot of people, especially after last race, a lot of recognizable people in the sport agree that Max is like a driver that is not willing to budge in any circumstance. He's one of the most aggressive drivers that will never apologize for his actions. It kind of reminded me watching the um, Michael Schumacher documentary, some guy that like clearly is making a mistake and he just cannot figure out that and not understand and wrap, wrap his head around him being the fault. It's always just like, I, I did what I did and it was right. Um, and that really, really worries me about this upcoming race. He pulled a few moves, including that break check to Lewis, basically saying, hey, like I'm willing to take us both out because it's just going to benefit me if that's the case. Here's my idea. Instead of a 10-second penalty that really meant absolutely nothing uh, at the end of the race, just to, like, my idea is to take one single point away from Max. This pulls all the restraint of him that he cannot do what he's been doing all season. Like, just because he's had a lead, I think he's kind of been like, hey, you know, if I if I pull this and, and Lewis wants to match this aggressiveness, we're both going to crash. I'm going to continue with this big lead. And that's diminishing the last couple of weeks because of Lewis's first-place finishes. Uh, but I, I think like taking one point away from Max, it doesn't really affect anything if it's a first place Max, second Lewis, Max wins. But it takes away that opportunity that we've been seeing in it week in and week out of Max just driving like a guy that does not care to crash. And we have not really seen that out of Lewis. Uh, and I think there's so many people that are worried about this next race, about just being like, hey, we're going out. Like this will give me the win. I don't care what happens, but I'm going to race like this uh, because it gives me the best chance to win. My ugly is going to be this next podium, I think, as you said, is just going to be so, so incredibly awkward, uh, especially <laughs> if Lewis wins and Max is at two like we saw last week. Like if we thought last race was bad, 
I just imagine like the tension and anger this one will be. And just to like, I'll put a little caveat onto that. I need, no matter what happens in this next race, that the after race interviews have both principles for Red Bull and Mercedes in there. I want Horner and Toto just clapping back and forth to, to end the season that we've been seeing all this drama between the two, like end it off with a perfect bow on top, coming up with Christmas. Like I want this present of them just being as like, detrimental to each other in like somewhat of a nice way uh, i'd say yeah i would love for the final season to end that way of them just bickering back and forth for five to ten minutes i think instead of you know if lewis and max do end up dnfing um just because of a you know of a crash or max trying to take lewis out if he's too quick it shouldn't go to who has the more wins in the season it should just go uh, Toto and Christian just have to mud wrestle, and winner gets their Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, <laughs> let's see it. I can promise you that so many people would be in favor of that and not seeing a DNF, DNF, Max win the driver's championship because that would just be, God, like what are the, like probably the worst taste and worst end of an, a fantastic season that we've had is just to see that go down and Max win and like a, uh, like a random crazy rule that they've had. Yeah. Love it, though. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, Moving right along, we have our quick, quick recent headlines, starting with Christian Horner saying that they are missing Charlie Whiting's experience during these times. I think this is a subtle call out to Michael Massey. Uh, I think last race, I don't see how much Charlie would be in his favor after kind of the stuff that Max had been pulling. Uh, but yeah, I think this is just like another thing where if things go wrong for Red Bull, that like, they're never at fault. So they're going to have to point the finger somewhere else. If Charlie was in there and pulled similar things to Michael, I'm sure he would be like, oh, he's too old. He's got to get out of here. Like his time's come. We got to bring in some new blood. So I think it was just like no matter what happened, there's got to be a finger pointed somewhere outside of the Red Bull room. Yeah, like I, I think you're right. They, Christian Horner made it pretty hard to root for Red Bull. Uh, and I think like the way that they got, I would say that they got away with some stuff, um, you know, even with the five second penalty that Max got. But yeah, yeah, everybody wanted to cut Michael Massey's head off. Um, there is a new aspect of watching Formula One that we get this year, which is hearing some back and forth between the garages and race control with Michael Massey. Um, and I think that was pretty detrimental to Michael Massey's long-term future in Formula One because basically him saying like, hey, you know, this is my offer. Sounded like a deal or no deal situation where it was like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna offer you this, but if you don't take this deal, something worse might come around. So if I were you, I'd just go ahead and, and snatch this up. But yeah, man, I, I don't know anybody who watched that race who was like, good job, Michael Massey. Like, good job, FIA. That's good exactly job, what race I would have done. Yeah, you know, I would have offered something and kind of negotiated with the Red Bull pit crew. Yeah, that was by far and like clearly, obviously we say have not been around the sport for too long, but um, had not heard of a circumstance ever being like that. And it seemed going back to the F1 Twitter that most people did not either. Like there was no one being like, oh, this happens all the time, like quit getting so crazy. Everyone's like, why? Who's doing this? Like, Who's who's the kingpin in determining like hey you don't need to go to the stewards like I'm 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 not sending you to the stewards because we we talked it through and we're good. Yeah, definitely. Moving on, uh, we got Justin Bieber still performing at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix despite the urges to boycott and despite what was it somebody uh, somebody's wife 
who was disappeared or like was a brother maybe? Brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He's not seen the light of day for a while. Yeah. So this just in: Justin Bieber hates Saudi Arabian people and wants them to yeah. be captured. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was a cool concert. It looked like if I if I saw the updated picture of him at that, he was wearing like some red, looked like some '90s clothing that was like crazy, crazy baggy. So it looked like it was probably a pretty good time, but. Very inappropriate. I I would say, as a Eaton Asphalt podcast, we condemn Justin Bieber and those actions of not boycotting. Um, also, like, why is why is Justin Bieber the problem? And like, why didn't F one boycott? Like, why is no one mad at F one for boycotting Saudi Arabia? Because why is just, it just performers. Yeah, Justin Bieber. In fairness, is a lot easier to get upset at. So I get that. yeah, and there's one person that you can just point a finger to, <laughs> not like a sport. So yeah, shame on him. Shame on him. If you're listening, Justin, I swear to God. But like any, like if you want to come on the pod at any time. We would fine. also have you on the pod. Yeah, let me know. I'll talk to your people. Yeah, 100%. We actually will back you if you want to. If not, no, not okay. <laughs> um, ending our recent headlines, Lewis Hamilton sold his Tribeca penthouse. Uh, Ian, I looked into this. I would love for you to take a guess of uh, penthouse, apartment, uh, Tribeca, so New York area. Uh, what he sold it for? Um, so New York real estate. I can't imagine it's nine figures, uh, like forty million, forty million. Very close, yeah, forty nine point five million. Hey. Um, he Holy initially shit. put it on the listing at fifty seven million back in March of twenty nineteen. This building also has celebs like Justin Timberlake, Jessica Biel, Blake Lively, Brian Reynolds, Harry Styles, Bella Hadid. The weekend, Jake Gyllenhaal and Meg Ryan. So I mean, like this is imagine just walking in your like with a decent amount of people like that. Like you're gonna bump into these people kind of often, right? No. I mean, how I guess often is like, he in probably this like uh, yeah? I don't think I don't place. think he ever lived there. Maybe he like stopped in for a weekend or something. Like <laughs> yeah, when he was at the Met Gala, he was just like, oh yeah, like don't have to get a hotel. I guess I'll just stay in here for a couple of days and pop on out. Yeah, you could pay for a hotel, or you could just buy a fucking Tribeca penthouse. Yeah, so yeah, he sold it for 49.5, bought it for like around either 41 to 44. So it makes, after four years, made five, six million, not too shabby. Uh, it was 8,900 square feet, uh, 3,400 square feet of outdoor private rooftop, a plunge pool, and an outdoor kitchen. Uh, but don't worry, it's like, oh no, Lewis Hamilton out of New York. Nope, wrong. He actually bought a penthouse two minutes away from that Tribeca original Tribeca penthouse for 40.7 million. So he's downsizing. Hopefully Downside. he's do- hopefully yeah, hopefully the finances are going well for him cuz I'm like a little worried about that. Yeah, he's got his whatever happened to his like fully electric racing league that he was starting like for sustainability mm. and racial equality and 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 stuff like that. Yeah, well uh, that'll be a great uh off-season kind of circle back on that because yeah i've not heard i have not heard too much uh updates on that from lewis himself either that was all the rage for all of like four days yeah yeah i was really into it i was like this is going to be the new wave see you formula one (laughs) guess not Uh, um all right anything else on the quick headline anything else on the recent headlines front let's get into this fucking race weekend jesus where do we start you start i'm not starting all right, we'll just start at the very beginning. Qual's free practice, and then we'll get into the, the juicy stuff on Sunday. Uh, you know, Qual's and free practice, both Lewis and Valtteri were showing some good pace. It was pretty much Max and Lewis typically like doing each free practice on who's fastest. 
And then moving on to kind of more focusing on quals, uh, I think the biggest thing obviously was Max crashing out on the last lap, the last corner of Q3 during his flying lap. Uh, it looked like he was probably going to secure P1 if that did not happen. And uh, yeah, I think like what a way to end quals and lead into Sunday was just that like everyone jumping on like I jumped out of my seat just seeing that crash at the very end, uh, giving yeah Lewis and Valtteri the one-two uh, to start on Sunday. Uh, Vettel went out in Q1, which was a big surprise to him, as you heard him on the radio, being like, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then also his teammate Lance Stroll also out in Q1, so I'm sure that they're all but ready to get the season out of the way. Uh, and then and then Carlos Sainz is back in the pack in Q2 while his teammate Charles finished in P4. So, uh, you know, kind of a surprise there as Ferrari had been showing been been doing great these last two months or so so uh yeah struggled there but obviously um made that back on the race on sunday and speaking of the race sunday yeah let's get into it um i mean i'll I'll ask i feel like i've asked this a couple times before which is a good indication of how the season's gone was this the craziest race we've seen all year i would i would say that um i wouldn't say that for how crazy it was like i i would typically see like a trajectory like a correlation of very one-to-one kind of thing like crazier the race the more i loved it uh i still really enjoyed the race i think it was just a little too much i think like i we were kind of being pulled away from the actual race itself with everything else that was kind of going on stopping the race a lot of these like you know issues that we had on the race but it wasn't actually about racing so uh it was a lot a lot of stress uh for myself uh it seemed like lewis after the race was pretty zonked out of it too so i'm sure it took a lot out of the drivers as well yeah i mean let's be honest so usually races are what anywhere between like 60 to 90 minutes 70 to 90 minutes or so um i think at the end of 90 minutes we had completed 17 laps so it was like guys we let's you know Let's move it along. And, and just like by the end of it, it was I was trying to think back as soon as like the checkered flag came out, I was like, okay, what are like the main talking points of this race? It's like, there's just too many. Like there's, there, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't come up with main talking points. So yeah, man, just at, like, I, I would say it's like kind of one of the craziest races. Max was just going like driving like a fucking crazy person, um, you know, and it obviously comes from a good place of, of like, you know, ultra competitive, not going to give a single inch, but sometimes that translates into him maybe taking an inch or two here and there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was, you know, that was one thing. Whopping five DNFs with both Haas's, uh, George Russell, Sergio Perez, and Sebastian Vettel not completing the race. Um, Haas's, you know, Mick crashing into the wall, lap 10. Nikita blasting into the back of George Russell. Um, and then Sergio just getting unlucky a little bit. I think uh, I think he was a little squeezed and he didn't really see Charles. And then Vettel had his run in with Kimi that just I think caused them to throw in the towel on a pretty bad weekend for Aston Martin. So um, yeah, I mean a lot of things to talk about this race. So I guess another question: there was a lot of talk about how uh, Mick Schumacher crashing in lap ten. Um, they put out some yellow flags. A couple of people went into the pit to change tires, and then all of a sudden, uh, they put out a red flag so that everybody could change tires. Do you think that that red flag was necessary? Obviously, benefited Max and the Red Bulls a lot, um, which you know didn't really. Uh, it, it's happened in the past with um, you know with with it benefiting Lewis and kind of seeing it the other way. But you know, I guess what's your take? Like, did did we need that red flag? 
It didn't seem like we did. It seemed like, I mean, there was, it was probably what a good lap or two or three before they brought out the red and like drivers were fine. I think that there was like, some of those virtual safety cars or the safety cars that went out, there was as much debris or, or kind of like maneuvering that they had to make on the track. So, um, yeah, it was just like really weird timing too of when they decided the red flag needed to come out. Um, so obviously safety is first and you can't really like, you know, you can't really go against, you know, trying to be proactive and safe if you thought like, hey, there's something that we see that we need to be uh, to be like a little more cautious about. But yeah, I don't know, man. It just it just it seemed a little too fishy and unfortunate for Mercedes and benefited Red Bull too much in that circumstance. Um, yeah, and I mean, a bunch of other stuff I think we'll cover once we go team by team here. So yeah, why don't we start at the uh, at the at the back of the top five here uh, with with Alpine? So what? Yeah, Absolutely. why don't you start at the back uh, with with Alpine sure. here? Sure, why the heck not? Uh, so we have Alpine, Esteban Ocon with a unfortunate fourth. I'm sure before this weekend, if you said, hey, would you be okay with fourth? He would take that in a heartbeat. But uh, Fernando Alonso, 13, uh, not as exciting or beneficial. But I, I still think Esteban is walking around with maybe the biggest set of blue balls after being cucked from that P3 finish. Uh, it came down to, I mean, if it was maybe 150 yards shorter, he he comes out on podium. Uh, so that was extremely, extremely uh, tough for him. You can see after the race, both sides of the car, Valtteri kind of cheering as he knew, even before passing, that like he got it. Esteban punching the shit out of his steering wheel uh, in disgust. And uh, yeah, that's just tough for him to see. It is tough to see that. Uh, Alpine, Alpine's Open Tool Sunday looked great all weekend. Had some serious speed. Uh, but and Ocon to continue that into Sunday. Unfortunately, Fernando started 13th, ended 13th, so like really didn't do too much during the race, which was unfortunate uh, for for the Alpine team. Yeah, good stuff. Alpine obviously just further cementing, you know, with a P4 finish. That's a lot of points, uh, and you know they're definitely going to stay in P5. I think that was already uh, you know kind of suggested and, and accepted. Uh, moving on to McLaren, Danny Ricardo P5. Lando Norris, another disappointing P10. Um, just a super, you know, kind of let down for the second half of the season for Lando Norris. And, I, you know, McLaren as a whole, Danny obviously showing had a good showing, um, finishing fifth. But, you know, it's, it's just tough. Like, Lando Norris came over the interviews after the race and was talking about how, you know, it's kind of annoying when you go into pit. You don't know it's going to be a red flag, and then everybody finds out it's a red flag, and they can just have basically a free pit stop. Really screws over your race, and we saw that just given that he was, you know, kind of in the in the top ten qualifying and barely made that a P ten toward the end of the race. But yeah, I think um, you know Zach Brown and the McLaren crew are going to be a little bit disappointed with uh, with how the season ended up, especially with the trajectory that they were on before, um, you know, before Ferrari kind of made that last upgrade and was really starting to to show better pace as an, as an overall team. So, yeah, P4 for McLaren this year. We're, we'll take it in stride, come back uh, better next year. Yeah, and speaking of a good stride ending this season on, we have Ferrari uh, with Carlos Sainz finishing in eighth, Charles Leclerc finishing seventh. Uh, Carlos had a great race from start to finish. He started 15th, so had a pretty tough clause, as we had mentioned, uh, and then made it all the way up to P8. So, uh, you know, great driving for him. Charles, obviously, as we mentioned, had his run-in with Perez. Uh, might have lost a little bit of performance due to this. 
So it started fourth and dropped to seventh. Uh, I mean, obviously, we had been seeing uh, over the past past month or so after they did make that upgrade to their power unit that they were kind of in that four to six consistent week in week out range so the last couple of weeks they've been more in that seven to nine um so yeah like they've obviously dropped a little bit of consistency and like expectations of where they're going to fall in to that you know the final grids positioning but uh i mean for where they're at I'm, I'm sure they couldn't be happier finishing p3 and like not having to worry about fighting for that like that's been secured for the last couple pretty much for the last couple of weeks and uh going into the the offseason in a secured p3 so like it seems like their trajectory their trajectory is going nowhere but up from from right now yeah and i mean obviously they're gonna hope to continue that into next year but um, you know, with I, I just can't wait for these rules and regulations where we can finally have some direction of like, oh, this is going to suck for this team or, oh, this is going to be great for the other. But um, regardless, moving on to P2 in the Constructors, Red Bull, Max Verstappen with a P2, Sergio Perez with a DNF. Did not have a long stint, Sergio Perez, um, you know, after he collided, after that restart on lap 14, after the first red flag, thanks to Mick Schumacher. Um, seemed that during the crash, like Sergio, like I mentioned before, just kind of forgot Charles was there, like couldn't really see him well. Obviously, these guys are moving so quick, like any kind of tiny little twitch is going to end up in massive implications. But um, yeah, just got caught a little bit in a, in a sandwich, no real room to move there. Um, and, you know, on the other side of the of the Red Bull garage, Max Verstappen, like, I don't really know if there was anything else he could have done today. Um, I think there was, you know, some really aggressive moves going on to mediums when Lewis, when, when the two cars in front of him were on hards. Um, you know, just kind of like taking taking that opportunity. Obviously, running Lewis, uh, running Lewis off track on more than one occasion, um, and then his little alleged uh, brake check that uh, that happened, where I don't think he actually like slammed on the brakes. If you look at the tele- telemetry. Um, it was like he was just downshifting, but he was downshifting pretty quick for being on a straight and not really getting all the way over. I'm um, just kind of trying to let Lewis by right before the DRS so he could overtake him. Um, and yeah, that's just like kind of how it was. It didn't really seem like you know there was anything Red Bull could do. The the Mercedes were just kind of quick, and I I think unfortunately for the Red Bull garage, like that's what it's going to look like. Or at least that's what reports are saying um, coming up for Abu Dhabi. So. Yeah, there's, you know, Red Bull is out of the Constructors' Championship with this Sergio Perez DNF, or out of the running for first at least. Um, they've, they've already had P2 locked up for a while now. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, no reason to hold back now with, uh, with, with Max Verstappen. Like, this is, this is what they've been fighting for for a very long time, ever since the Turbo Hybrid era started. And, you know, what are, what are they going to, like, seeing what they're going to pull out of their pocket is just going to be, you know, make for million dollar television. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, anything to add here on the, on the charger bulls there? No, I mean, yeah, as you said, like it wasn't a break check, but it, it was like, like he got that 10 second post race, 10 second penalty for that, for, for doing that. So like it clearly, like there was, they, both of them were up to something like both Lewis and Max knew that they wanted to be behind in that, uh, DRS line and then Max I think just kind of took it to the next step being like hey like I am not being in front during this DRS line I'm going to fucking slow the shit down and if we bump and something happens then so be it I think that was kind of probably his mentality there 
And uh, I don't know. I think that's the thing that kind of irks me a little bit uh, with some of these drivers. I, I think like specifically Red Bull, like in general with Horner and Max, it's just like they are never wrong. Like it was like, I don't understand why people like what I did wrong, like or people are mad or what I did. I was like, well, I mean, shit, dude, like look at the data. Like or, like you said, like the total imagery didn't show that he slammed on the brakes, but like it was clearly just a weird circumstance that no driver typically should be doing. So, um, yeah, just interesting. Uh, just a, a, a very weird weekend for uh, for Red Bull uh, entire overall. But uh, moving on to our constructor leaders uh, and our tied for first drivers championship, Mercedes Lewis Hamilton with P1, Valtteri Bottas the last second making it on the podium with P3. Uh, as we mentioned, you just three three kind of major instances with Max and Lewis. Max running Lewis wide off the track, Max gaining a position while off the track, and then kind of the big brake check. So it was just like throughout the entire race, we were just running into these these things that like I mean I I could not stop. I, I the second half of the race, I was standing up the entire time. I like kept walking closer to my TV, thinking that that was going to help. Uh, so yeah, it was just it was pandemonium. Uh, Valtteri Bottas. Kind of like what we've seen from him many times this year. He was stuck behind a pack of cars. He kind of like got lost, however it may be, lost maybe from, you know, P5. Sometimes it was kind of like a P15 and couldn't make the the um, moves up. But he'll just get stuck behind a pack of cars and just doesn't do like too great of a job at passing them by. It seems like it's a little bit more difficult seeing it, getting him uh, to pass by these cars than we typically see from a Lewis or Valt or from a Lewis or Max or I mean even Sergio does a great job at like if once he's fallen behind being able to kind of pass cars quickly. So uh, yeah, it did take him a bit to uh, kind of get away from that P5, P6 that he was in, and then could not have timed it better when he finished in the, the final stretch, uh, passing Esteban Ocon and, and stealing that P3 from him. Uh, Lewis, you know, as we've been saying, he these past three three races, he's been fantastic. Held his composure very well when a few few times this race, I'm sure a few other drivers would not have done uh, just as well doing so. So yeah, I mean, another tip of the cap to Lewis and, and being able to, um, you know, work through a lot of issues, being able to, to finish that and, and finish P1. So uh, yeah, just a great weekend for Mercedes. You know, they, they got it back to being tied. I, a lot of people were kind of writing them off with, or Lewis off with Max kind of having a, a decent gain, a decent lead on Lewis these past this past month and and for Lewis to to show that at masterclass and, and get it back to tied into the final the final stretch the final race that uh could not ask for could not ask for more yeah no i agree man this this sport this league mm. i know this league dude i mean it, it is a drum dude. it is the real principles of formula one we keep saying it but i mean it has not proven us wrong since so yeah uh, all right, moving right along, we have our final sector with our race predictions recap. Uh, to update everyone, obviously, I had a slight two-point lead, 26-24. Ian, uh, Ian, how about you start us off with uh, how everything turned out? Let's do it. So to kick us off, I think we uh, both had a similar idea when picking who we thought was going to crash or DNF. Uh, you picked Mick Schumacher. I picked Nikita Mazepin. Both of these guys uh, ended up not finishing the race. Um, Schumacher because he spun. Mazepin because he didn't spin, actually. Instead, he just smashed into the back of George Russell. So both of us get points there. Congrats to you. Congrats to me. 
Max Verstappen, second place. Yeah, yeah, slow, 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 slow. I guess there's there. And for last place, I thought Mick Schumacher would come in last. Thought he was going to have an engine penalty, but yeah, congrats to Sebastian Vettel instead. Yeah, taking back that overall Sebastian. And then driver of the day thought Sergio Perez could pull it out, but he did not. Yeah, I went out three and shockingly enough, he had Max. So controversial. But yeah, he definitely got his got his thoughts off on like hey, you know, you know, unlike stewards. Idiots in the F1, at least the people know that I'm a great driver and I designed this one this way. Yeah. Um, wait, time out. D- douche of the day? Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, I don't give you a match, honestly. I would kind of take it. I can't even, I can't really like. I mean, there were just, there was multiple, like, Kimmy, I guess you could make a point. Mick, Mick? What did Mick do? Just um, well, I mean, you could say if you're a Willis fan, you know, oh, yeah. causing that red flag, you know, like yeah. helping out Red Bull. Yeah, I think, okay. I'll, I'll take Max because that was like... That was know, the biggest thing. He was trying to be... <laughs> he was being difficult. All right. All right moving, uh, oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. All right, moving around to our favorite race prediction. It's our douche of the day. Brought to you by Summer's Eve. Please check out our winter products at Summer's Eve. Uh, we, I went with Pierre Gasly, who uh, kind of was, I forgot about him during the race. Yeah, I wonder what happened to old Pierre. I think he finished outside of the points, but um, I thought Max Verstappen because uh, I thought he would have colli- like, you know, smashed into Lewis. So I'll, uh, I'll take that one. Have we ever won Douche of the Day before? Is this the inaugural Douche of the Day? Do I get a douche trophy? <sighs> think we have gotten it but it has been a while so yeah it has been a minute since we've made yeah i mean like not really we haven't run into too many douches these like past couple months but yeah like i fully understand and fully agree that uh, max deserves it there was i think a lot even if max didn't win and he didn't do anything wrong there was still another two or three people that you could throw in for douche of the day i just think that max was the douchiest i mean like yeah he was overtaking people off track. He was, you know, whether or not you want to call it brake checking, he was slowing down right before the DRS zone. Even when he did give the position to Lewis, uh, you know, he, he gave totally it to him a, nice a couple of feet before yeah. the DRS zone and then retook him like a couple seconds later. So, yeah, I mean, he was just – it's it's a paradox because it's like, all right, are we are, – do we like this guy because he's, you know, like no holds barred, go for it, like win at all costs – or do we dislike this guy because it's like, all right, man, at some point you become pretty hard to uh, to make excuses for in my, in my you know, recent experience. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I'll take the point for that one. Fastest pit stop, I put down Mercedes. And I went with AlphaTauri. I I tried to give you Ferrari, didn't I? Know, I? Dude, I know, oh, and I yeah. felt kind of bad and <laughs> dumb. Shame. I sh- like if you're gonna give me like a little bit of handout, I should be a man and I should just take it. Cause yeah, outside of Red Bull, who was the fastest pit stop, it was Ferrari. Good for them. Back and, at it again. God damn. Dude, Firing on all they cylinders. Figured Ferrari. it out. Yeah, huge shout out to Ferrari there. Uh, and then rounding up our wildcard prediction, I went with Sergio finishing ahead of Max. Sergio did not even finish. Max was only finished by Lewis. Out finished by Lewis. Yep. And I went with uh, Lewis, Lewis and Max colliding. I think on a technicality, you could say that I, you know, they did touch, but uh, I definitely made it clear that uh, that I was thinking that they would take each other out. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm not gonna fight this one. Um, you know, you've been, you've been. Uh, you know, credit where credit's due. You overtook me, um, you know, kind of late in the season, just like Lewis Hamilton's doing to Max Verstappen right now. So, um, yeah, I think that ends up with a score of 28 to 26, I believe. 28 to 26. All right. Well, got one more race left to try to make up this gap here. Uh, but, yeah, good stuff. Can, can we, just before we end the podcast, like how unpredictable has this season been? You know, like especially like coming off of last year where it was like, okay, how is Lewis Hamilton going to win? Like we, we know that this is going to be an inevitability. So let's just like see how it's going to happen. Um, this this season, I mean, Paul Ricard, um, you know, the Hungaro ring, all these tracks that were supposed to be either a Red Bull or Mercedes track, it seems like it's gone the other way. Yeah. Um, you know, all this kind of, like, drama between Max and Lewis, I feel like it's, you know, it's it's never come to this boiling point. It's never come to where Max, you know, is actually challenging at the end of the season. Lewis Hamilton obviously being, I think he was back, what, 36 points at one point? Um, you know, seeing him come back was was pretty unpredictable. So for as uh, for as tough as a season as it's been to predict anything regarding the races, having a uh, twenty six or and, and twenty eight correct predictions, I think we uh, we need to pat ourselves on the back a little bit, Marco. Yeah, I think we both maybe deserve a little champagne shower. This is just maybe one enjoys it a tad tad more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that does it for our episode 44 of the Nas Fault Podcast. Uh, as always, been a pleasure. This weekend was, uh, as we keep saying, just, I mean, I still can't get over it. I'm still just ref- refreshing my Twitter feed. People cannot get enough of it either. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm going to blink of an eye. It's going to be uh, Abu Dhabi right here. So, uh, with that being said, we do have our Abu Dhabi pre-race uh, podcast coming up in a couple days, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, our season finale that we have for the race. So, uh, yeah, do not want to miss it. Yep, appreciate everybody listening, and we will see you in a couple days. See you, assholes. See you, assholes. <laughs>